Today's edition of the Roma Press Podcast is brought to you by EuroFantasyLeague.com. As I've been saying, for the very best on online fantasy football, look no further than EuroFantasyLeague.com. And with the World Cup in full swing, make sure you check out their new World Cup game at Fantasy-WorldCup.com. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. It's been only six days since the last episode, but apparently Roma have decided to put a month's worth of events packed within these last six to seven days. Wow, what what a crazy week. Welcome to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I'm RomaPress.us editor John Solano. And as they say, the, the market never sleeps. It has been, as I said, less than a week since the last episode, but I feel like the transfer market of the club has completely flipped its head and we're completely delved into madness, which is just so hard to comprehend all of the talking points that have been going on these last few days. Wow. Um, where do we start? <laughs> We've still got the mess with the Stadio della Roma. We've got the situa- situation of Nangolan. We've got the very, 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 very close arrival of Javier Pastore. There is so much that we're going to get into. Um, later in this episode, we are going to be joined by Eric Devin. Eric is a French football expert. He is featured in Get French Football News. You can find him in a number of places as well, uh, such as Who Scored, Guardian, a lot of outlets. He's very knowledgeable, and I wanted to get him on here because obviously I want to bring someone on who has watched Pastore consistently um, ever since he left City A for PSG a number of years ago. Now, Obviously, nearly everybody is going to be familiar with with him. We all remember him during his time at Palermo. It's just very curious. Then two years after Sabatini departs the club, and we all know what a huge admirer Sabatini is and was of the player, that Monchi arrives and roughly 16, 17 months after his arrival at the club, um, here's Pastore, who has been linked to Roma, it seems like every single summer for the past, geez, three or four summers, it's just kind of interesting how Sabatini leaves the club and that's when uh, Pastore ultimately looks like he is going to arrive in the capital. Let's take this piece by piece. Let's start with the situation of Nangolan. So where do we stand as of today? Well, it looks like he is nearing the exit door. From what I've been told, from what our good friend Sandra Ostini has been reporting, the relationship between Nangolan and the club has just broken down to the point where it's almost irreparable. I don't want to say 100% because you know what? Nothing, as I always say, is 100% one way or the other in football. This thing could obviously be changed, but the club are frustrated with the player. The player wants to continue on with his lifestyle, which is his absolute right and his absolute choice. 
Listen, I am of the mindset that just because a player enjoys the nightlife, just because he smokes, just because he drinks, I don't think that is an indictment on him as a professional. I don't think that's an indictment on him as a footballer. I have always had the the belief, in my opinion, that these are two separate issues. As long as Nangolan is coming to the training ground, he's putting in all the effort possible. That's really all you can ask for. And so what if he likes to smoke? So what if he likes to drink? Um, that's his choice. He's not doing it during, uh, you know, during his time where he's on the pitch with the club. Could it be affecting his performances? Absolutely. I mean, you would assume that it would, but I mean, he's been such a great player for the Roma that I, I don't really think you can find fault with it. However, I do understand people who are annoyed by that. The the thing with this situation in Nangolan that I find really interesting is that there's two distinct sides that have sort of formed within the 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 realm of the supporters regarding this situation. You have one side who are firmly backing the player who say, you know what, Nangolan cannot be touched, he cannot be sold, especially to a rival. Um, and, and just a, a quick point. Regardless of which side you're on, I think we could all agree that uh, Monchi even contemplating selling the Belgian to Inter is a big, 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 huge, massive, enormous, whatever adjective you prefer to use, it's a mistake. You cannot sell to a rival. It's like the club haven't learned their lesson. I mean, there's so many examples out there that we could find over the last decade, but they continue to do this, and it's just puzzling. Now, again, if the player is pushing for that move, if the player is dead set on getting back at Roma by joining a rival, again, there is very little they can do, but they have to try everything in their power, and I just think Monchi, if he is ultimately going to sell Nangolan, there's just no chance you can sell to a rival, but it looks like it's going to happen that way, which is very unfortunate. So uh, to continue on, again, there's the there's the group who are firmly backing the player saying he cannot be sold. He's too integral to the side. Um, you know, just look at two years ago, how fantastic he was with Spalletti. And I understand that point of view. And I also understand the point of view of the other side to where it's, you know what, he's getting up there in age. This is potentially the last summer where we could get a big fee for him. And he did not perform nearly at the level that we expected this past season. So let's move on and have a complete and total revolution in the midfield. I truly do understand both points of view. And in fact, I don't even know which way I'm leaning. You know, for me, Nangolan is still a top-class player. I think the stick, I think the criticism that he received from this past season was entirely unfair I thought he was a very strong player this past season obviously the goal scoring numbers are down but that goes along with his role completely changing under Di Francesco he's no longer playing uh, that attacking role behind the striker as he was with Spalletti where he was so wildly successful he's 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 readapting himself to the role that he was playing at Cagliari and I think that was going to take some time and clearly he was not comfortable, you know, immediately, but I think he really came on in the latter stages of the season. But I also, you know, piggybacking off 
what I just said moments ago, I understand the point of view of people wanting a complete and total overhaul of the midfield of Roma. We saw how old, how slow, how tired that this midfield looked this previous season. They did not move the ball quickly, which is one of their biggest, biggest, biggest issues. Roma need players who can move the ball quickly, who can advance it up the pitch, who can form a strong bond with the attack. The uh, the attack in the midfield there was just far too it was far too just disjointed this past season. That has to be repaired, and I think that can be repaired with players quickly moving the ball, with Di Francesco adapting his tactics. But I do think a lot of that falls on the shoulders of Nagolan. I think it falls on the shoulders of Strootman, Derossi. The Roma need to get younger in the midfield. They need to get quicker in the midfield. And some believe, again, I don't know if I'm leaning this way or not. I have to see how this ultimately plays out. Um, some believe that Nagolan moving on could help resolve these issues in the midfield. And the same goes with potentially Strootman moving on and potentially even maybe Derossi moving on. The fact of the matter is Roma need to improve in the midfield. They need more depth. They need to get quicker. They need to get better passers in the midfield who can move the ball quickly, who can move it accurately, and who can just fix the broken link that was there between the attack and the midfield. So does selling Nangolan fix that? Well, obviously it depends on who you bring in after that, which sort of bridges the gap to, to Pastore. Now, Pastore has not been wildly successful in France. He just hasn't. Um, again, we're going to bring Eric on and dive into the, that a little more. Um, the player that we saw at uh, Palermo some time ago versus the player that, we, uh, that we've seen at PSG, uh, they almost seem like two completely different individuals. Um, my, my main concern is, does Pastore comfortably fit um, in a 4-3-3? Is he, is he able to do the role of the Mazzala? Is he able to make those forward inside runs? Is he able to score goals for Roma? Is he able to perform at a higher level than Strootman and Nangolan? I don't know if he, you know, is at the same level that he was with PSG the last year or two. I don't think that that is enough. Now, if uh, Pastore arriving also means that potentially Ziak is an option, which I reported on the website yesterday, just because Pastore arrives does not mean the club is ultimately ruling out a move for Ziak. Talks have not broken off with Ziak. Uh, the agent has still been in contact with the club. Nothing uh, has been broken off between the sides at all. So I, I just want to put that out there that um, just because Pastore arrives does not mean Ziak is ultimately ruled out. But Anyway, getting back to, to the Argentine, is he able to bring Roma's midfield to a higher level? And again, if it's the same level as we saw him in these previous seasons at PSG, I don't know. I'm very, very, very skeptical. My preference, if Nangolan was to move on, would be to bring in Bruno Fernandez from Sporting and also bring in Ziyech. I don't know if Pastore really uh, moves the needle for you and brings the midfield of Roma to a higher level. Because you also have to remember, you would assume that he's starting alongside Cristante and in the middle, either Derossi or Gonalon. You would assume Derossi, given how poor Gonalon was this past season. But nonetheless, 
we have to wait and see how this entire thing plays out. This summer has just been absolutely crazy for the club. I did not see this happening. I did not see this relationship and the rapport between Nainggolan and the club breaking down so quickly. I did not see this coming. I think a lot of this, his uh, his speaking out, his lashing out through the media, I think a lot of that is the result of being left off of Belgium's World Cup side, which you know, you can all absolutely 100% understand for a player being frustrated for the second time of an, in for the second time in a row being unfairly left off the World Cup squad. He deserved it in 2014. He deserved it this past summer. And I absolutely understand him being very angry and being frustrated with being left off again for the second time. And it was absolutely undeserved. I think the club have to really come to an understanding with him and try and repair this. Because I do think Nangolan is still a very, very strong midfielder. Um... I, I do think he has a lot to offer still, and he loves the club. He loves the city. It's just very, very disappointing to see this breakdown at such a quick rate. You know, I don't think anybody would deny that that he's a strong player, but obviously if relations between him and the club have broken down, uh, something needs to be done. And I do think he, he is ultimately going to leave the club, which, again, very unfortunate. But with that in mind... We're going to bring Eric on now to discuss uh, Javier Pastore, his time at PSG, if this is a smart move for Roma, and uh, just overall what he thinks of the operation from both PSG standpoint and from Roma standpoint. And with me now is Eric Devin. Um, as I said earlier in the podcast, you can find his work at Get French Football News. You can find him on The Guardian Sport, Who Scored. He's all over and very well versed in French football. So like to welcome in on now. Eric, how are you? Well, thanks, John. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. So um, Roma look like they are closing in on PSG midfielder Javier Pastore. Now, a lot of Serie A, a lot of Roma fans are very familiar with him just because obviously he came from Palermo before um, before joining PSG. So he's been there uh, for quite a bit of time now. So how would you describe, since moving to France, how would you describe his time with the Parisian side? Successful, not successful? Uh, from an individual standpoint, do you think he lived up to the billing that was there when he moved? I think when fit, he's been at or about uh, what PSG would have expected. I believe the fee paid for him in summer of 2011 was 42 million euro, uh, which was quite a big, uh, big expense. But at the same time, PSG were just coming into being owned by the QSI Sports Group, so they were going to always have to pay a bit over the odds. Uh, and for those first few seasons. 2011, 2012, and 2012, 2013, uh, Pastore was really superb. Uh, he was a creative force. He scored uh, quite a bit of goals, particularly in 12 when he was played through the middle of the 4 3 one But in the past few seasons, uh, he's definitely struggled with injury, uh, persistent calf issues, a hamstring issue, and I think that that's perhaps for some painted uh, his time in Paris in a bad light. But that being said, even even when he's been struggling with injury in more recent seasons, uh, his permanent stats in terms of goals, assists, have still remained at, at a very high level. So if we can put aside the fact that 
this player has struggled with injuries. I think that his ability to perform on the pitch uh, in a consistent and effective basis has definitely not been diminished. Okay, so that's good to hear. <laughs> I know that that'll make uh, quite a few uh, Roma supporters feel uh, a bit reassured. So one concern that I and I'm sure other uh, other uh, Roma supporters may have is certainly how he would fit into this side. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but he did play a more at Palermo. He was more of a number ten, but at PSG, correct me if I'm wrong, he was more of a prototypical central midfielder. Yeah. So when he first signed for for PSG uh, that season, they were playing a four-two-three-one. So for the first half of the season, Pastore continued as a number 10. Uh, the rest of the lineup would have been, uh, let's see, at that point would have been Menez, Gamero, uh, probably Nene on the left. Um, but uh, the signing of Thiago Mata in that January of 2012 saw Pastore playing as a central midfielder, albeit one that got forward quite a bit more than, than would an average box-to-box player. But he continued largely in that role for um, for most he had been largely in that role for most of the time there. Um, Unai Emery had some brief flirtations with the 4-2-3-1, playing Pastore essentially as well. But yeah, he played as a central midfielder. He has played on the left, and he, he, he also has been surprisingly very effective, played wide on the right. Uh, he was played there prior to Angel Di Maria's arrival, uh, and was actually pretty effective there. Uh, down the back end of 2014-15, um, he featured quite a bit on the right, uh, and that was actually his best season, I believe, in terms of assists. So he's definitely a versatile player, but I think if we're looking at Aroma being set with um, having Parati, El Sharawi, and um, Undeir, I'm not sure how you say his name. Yep, yep, you got it. You got it right um, on the money. <laughs> so I, I think that he could spell one of any any one of those three players if if that is something that Di Francesco needs. But I think we should be looking at him really as a central midfielder. Perhaps if that's Pellegrini playing playing as more as, a, as an orthodox defensive midfielder or Strutman. Uh, but the Pastore would be, if Francesco continues to go with the 4-3-3, we should be looking at Pastore as playing, uh, as being one of the more, being the most forward-thinking of the, the two central midfielders in that 4-3-3. Okay, so given given what you just said right there, in his role, because it appears that should he arrive, he would almost undoubtedly be a central midfielder. And it, it looks like at this point, especially right now, we just had, uh, some news of uh, Nangolan break saying that he <laughs> he told a group of fans that he's essentially leaving. So with that in mind, do you think that he is at the level? We saw Roma in, in really surprising fashion make it to the Champions League semifinals this past season. Do you think that Pastore is at that level to where you can depend on him to be a first-choice player? Is he at the level of a Champions League semi-final club or or do you think Roma should maybe aim a bit higher just your general thoughts as to where he is currently I think in terms of his talent I, I think there's no question about that but again as I as I mentioned earlier fitness has continued to dog this player um and he also has, has struggled to get into into the team at times even Wednesday uh, I mean he's had obviously the situation at PSG in terms of certain players has evolved uh, for a while, like I said, he's been effective on the left of the 4-3-3, but for a while that was Stefani's spot. Di Maria came in, Draxler came in, central midfield. He's had competition from Blaise and Tweedy and Marco Verratti. So 
I think he potentially can be if he's fit and if he's motivated. Um, I, I also think that a slightly less physical Serie A will fit his – being slightly less physical than, than Liga, that is, uh, will also be a boon to his, his style in terms of perhaps he's not going to be tasked as much with having to provide a physical element to his play in central midfield and can focus a little bit more on being creative. But I think realistically, Roma supporters should look at him as a player who's effective, uh, but can also provide um, provide a level of versatility in that midfield. Even if he doesn't start week in, week out, you know, say Di Francesco goes with the midfield of Strootman, um, Pellegrini, and if not, Nangolan stays, for example. Uh, you could have that, or you could have Biorossi as, as, as a D-mid with Pellegrini a little bit for, further forward. Um, I, Pastore's versatility, uh, really able to play four positions within that system, I think is what makes him a good investment. I think I think we're talking eighteen million. That's the number I've heard. Yes, yeah, right around there. It looks like. Yeah, so I, I think for that price, I, I think the, the potential upside is is huge, and one that Roma would be foolish to miss out on, um, especially given his versatility, given his effectiveness in attack. I, I think that um, playing with with a player who who is such such an ostensibly creative player. That is the thing at which he's best. That is the thing that at which he succeeded the most in his career. I think that you know we could really see a standout season from Jekko because you know as talented as many of Roma's midfielders are, you know I probably saw them a dozen times last season. I don't necessarily get the sense that there's a, any one player within that current squad whose mandate is is to be an out and out creator. I mean I don't know if you disagree with that. No, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, they're, they're, the midfield was completely disjointed um, in terms of the attack, and they they need a creative force. They need someone who can score. Uh, I mean, the the lack of goals is really the thing that harmed their Scudetto chances. Um, so I, I, I agree that Pestore is definitely the creative um, outlet that they require. Um, now, maybe, Eric, you could... You can maybe clear up some confusion regarding the financial fair play, which is hilarious because we've been, um, you know, as someone who's covered this this club for a while, financial fair play is almost like it's almost like something we're so used to now. Um, we shouldn't have questions on it. But correct me if I'm wrong. But do, do PSG are they have to sell before the 30th of June? Is that correct or is that incorrect? It is my understanding, yeah. It, it's meant to be uh, 60 million euros that they need to offload. Uh, so uh, I think Team Maria and Pastore, probably the obvious candidates to go. Uh, but that's not, that, I wouldn't rule out a surprise move. Uh, Leighton Kurzawa, the left back and, and former France international, is also someone who can move on as well. So I think that there's lots of there's lots of options there for PSG to sell. But Pastore, given his role within the team, he's not a week-in, week-out starter. Um, that he is, I believe, 29 or is about to turn 29, still relatively young and, and retains good value, or at least decent value, if not, um, if, if even if PSG are forced to take what will be a significant loss on him. So he's been there, as I said earlier, a number of years. Would you then, just to sort of summarize his, his tenure there, would you label it a failure? Would you label it as him failing to live up to expectations? Or do you think he he did his duty, he performed well at times, but maybe was inconsistent? I think the latter probably makes the most sense. I think that, again, PSG were forced to pay over the odds, um, given the Palermo situation at the time. 
given that they couldn't necessarily offer anything. I mean, this, let's face it, even in his first season in the league, they didn't win the title. Um, and, the, and yes, there was investment um, from QSI Sports, but Champions League football wasn't necessarily guaranteed. And given the other clubs that were in pursuit of Pastore at the time, uh, PSG had to pay over the odds in terms of salary, uh, in terms of the transfer fee. So I think that if we look at Pastore on the surface as being a you know a 40 million plus zero player, then from that standpoint, perhaps he was not a success. But I think in terms of a player, you know, playing with his abilities and, and being successful again when fit, the big caveat. I think that his time should be labeled a, a qualified success. I would say. Okay, fair enough. Uh, so, so last one. So it seems like at 18 million euros for Roma, this would be a purchase and an operation that you would endorse. I think so. Uh, there's a four-year contract being being mentioned. I would be perhaps a little bit leery of that. Maybe I would. Maybe again, you know, just as PSG has been forced to pay over the odds to bring Pastore in, I think that perhaps that four-year contract is is the sort of security that he's looking for, and that he can, he's potentially weighing that against other different offers if he is uh, on on the market block, uh, auction block, whatever you want to say, uh, per per PSG's FFP mandate. Um, I would probably like to see perhaps a two-year contract with an option or a three-year contract, just given his injury history. I mean, you know, I know 18 million is not that much in the scheme of today's things, but you know, Syria again, even with even even Juventus to some extent, these these clubs aren't operating within the same financial stratosphere of uh, Manchester City or Real Madrid or Chelsea, and 18 million and the attendant contract is nothing to sneeze at. So it should be. It, it should be looked at with cautious optimism. That, that's that's. I feel like that should be the slogan to summarize Roma's last twenty years in the summer: cautious optimism. Um, <laughs> everyone, you, you can follow him on Twitter. He's at e r i c d e v i n underscore. Eric, thanks so much again. Really appreciate the insight and uh, look forward to reading more of your work. Thanks so much yeah. for joining. Cheers. Thanks, John. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview. Eric certainly provided some interesting insight into um, certainly how I view the operation for Pastore, who really does appear to be edging closer and closer on a move to Roma. Uh, should that happen within the next couple of days, uh, I will certainly put out another episode with another guest and hopefully we have some more movement in regards to other things as well, such as Nangolan, uh, maybe even Ziyech. Uh, who knows? As I say, the market never sleeps. So until next time, Forza Roma!